once you're close to your product and your service for too long, you just assume that everybody knows as much about it as you do. And you really need to build that frame and future pace what those things can do for someone who's maybe heard of it, but doesn't really know the practical application of it. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing, the show where you get to go deep with the actual experts, the business owners, the marketers, the people pushing the buttons that make the cash registers ring on their business. Great show today. I've got my man Barry Moore on the line of theactivemarketer.com and the Active Marketer podcast. Good to have you with us, Barry. Thanks so much for having me, Kevin. Big fan of The Truth About Marketing. Been listening to ripping through all the episodes. Really love it. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. You know, you did a really cool thing. You surprised me in a big way not not too long ago. And I made a video about it, but I, I came to work one day to find a box, a mystery box from Australia. And I thought, what could this be? You know? And I opened it up and there's this badass robot in there. And it was just a, an out of nowhere gift from you. And uh, it's amazing what that did for our relationship because, you know, there's a lot of people in this business and uh, you'd had me as a guest on your podcast and I thought that was a cool experience. But the fact that you sent me this gift and it was such a cool thing, so unique and, and such a part of your branding really changed my whole perspective on how I saw you. So I'd love to hear about, you know, why you send those things out, how often you do it and what you're looking to get from it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I do like you, Kevin. I do respect you as a copywriter and, you know, and um, I've seen you uh, live from stage as well. And I think if most people have been in marketing for a while, they've probably heard of that lumpy mail strategy, you know, where you want to get someone's attention and send them a piece of lumpy mail. So, you know, I target the people who, you know, whose work I respect and I'd, I'd like to work with and have a close professional relationship with, but also not just anybody, you know, it's got to be somebody you kind of want to hang out and have a beer with, you know what I mean? Like, right. so, so I wanted to reach out to those people who've done me a favor, like you came on my podcast and shared some great information there, and that was really kind of one of the most popular episodes. So I wanted to reach out and say thank you, but potentially also tie it back into my brand. So that robot is a bit of a branding element on my side as well and uh, throughout my marketing. So yeah. I thought, what a cool way. And who doesn't want a big robot? Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about it. It was like, how often does a 45-year-old man get a toy, you know, out of nowhere? Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it, it, so I, I just, I unboxed it on video as as we're all inclined to do these days. And it was just such a cool thing to get and to share and to play with. And, you know, anytime my kids or uh, anybody comes in the office, they're like, what is this? This is cool. And they don't even expect it to actually work, you know? Yeah. It's, is, is that something, like, you collect those things so that you can send them out, or do you have those manufactured from somewhere? No, I, I just bought them from um, just some distributor here in, in Australia who probably, mm. I'm sure, gets them from China or whatever. But when I was thinking of that lumpy mail strategy and, how, you know, how can I reach out and get in touch with him, with influencers, I thought, well, you know, what's a cool thing you could get in the mail? And I was like, wow, this robot is cool ass. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty badass. So, um, you know, that I think nobody can get that in the mail and not notice it. You know what I mean? That's for sure. Yeah. Really cool thing to do. I, I always 
think uh, something I, I want to improve on is is gift giving. Just you know, surprise happiness in the mail. What 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 a cool thing to spend some some time doing for people. So I appreciated that, and I just really thought it was cool to hear your strategy around it. And so it's nothing more than a, than a genuine gesture of uh, kind of a bonding tool, and works well. Yeah, for sure. So cool, man. So it, also, I'm interested in your. Uh, I think you grew up in Detroit or somewhere in Michigan, yeah. Yeah, in the Detroit area. And one of my goals uh, from being a kid in the Detroit area was to get as far away from the Detroit area as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I live in uh, I live in Australia now. So I think I've done a pretty good job. Nice work. I'd have to move to Australia or Antarctica or something to get any farther away. And so how did that? How does that happen? How do you end up in Australia of all places? Uh, well, I took the well-worn path that I think everybody takes when they get into marketing. I started as a fighter pilot. <laughs> so uh, I was a fighter pilot in the Marine Corps for about nine years, I think. And uh, as part of my duties there, I was given an exchange tour to Australia where they I sent over here to fly with their Air Force and they sent one of their guys back to the States to fly with the Marine Corps. And basically, I was here for two years on that exchange posting and then uh, went native, kind of never came back. So mm, interesting. I um, married an Australian girl and uh, moved over here once I got out of the Marines. And uh, yeah, I had to figure out something else to do with my life, much like you when you gave up comedy. And uh, I went into technology and worked as a technology executive for a number of big companies here in Australia. And then Decided to I had the shits with the inside of an office and making other people money and decided to do it myself. Nice. And how long ago was that? Well, actually, took a very circuitous route through my career. I actually went back to flying. So I worked in an office for, you know, 12 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then got the shits with the inside of an office and said, I'm going to go back to flying. Stomp my foot, <laughs> slam my hand on the desk, right? And, You'll um, see. I'll show you all. I'll show you all. And I actually did that. So I went back to uh, flying for the airlines here in Australia. Which is a fun job. If you're going to have a job, that's a pretty good one to have. But zero kind of entrepreneurial flair involved right. in that job. Right? Does, does that so, involve a lot of overseas flights to the States? No, it's all within Australia. Okay, so. cool. But zero entrepreneurial flair there. Right. That lasted for a while. And then I decided to um, to do my own thing with online marketing uh, after I met my, my second wife. <laughs> hmm. After I met Nikki, who is struggling with her online business for her brand. And uh, I started helping her out. And uh, more people said, oh, can you do that for us? Can you do that for me? Can you do that for us? And so I said, well, there's a market here. Let's start my own business. Nice. That's great. And so your specialty is is automation, building funnels, literally the making money in your sleep aspect of of this business. Yeah, the best part, I think. It is. I love it when I wake up in the morning and there's I look at my phone and there's been like a number of payments overnight. I was like, yes, it actually does work. <laughs> it is great. But yeah, so I, I specialize in sales funnels and marketing automation. And for those of you who aren't familiar with marketing automation, you've probably heard the um, you know the, some of the big players like Infusionsoft and Entreport and ActiveCampaign. But basically, they allow you to set up basic marketing streams that kind of run automatically to identify and reach out to your most qualified prospects. So once they're set up, it all just kind of happens in the background 24-7, percolating your best leads up to the surface for you. That's awesome. So where should somebody be in business to consider automation? Well, I think it can be anywhere. It can be when you start and, and it can be, you know, when you're well into it. What I always see from most people is basically they start doing point tactics. You know, they've heard about some of one of the latest tactics, like, oh, Facebook ads are really great, or no, you need to be on LinkedIn, or, yeah. you know, hey, Instagram, you can advertise on Instagram now. And and they'll do these point tactics because some marketing, you know, online gurus said, hey, this is the latest, greatest tactic to get leads. And and it works, you know, they get leads and the leads sign up to, to to your list. And then it's like, nobody has a strategy after that point. 
Right. So you've just worked hard to get a thousand people onto your list. Well, what do you do with them now? Right. right. So I think you're better off starting out with a strategy rather than worrying about the tactics. So I always like to use kind of a train line metaphor. Nobody starts laying down train tracks without knowing where the tracks are going first. Right. So I would say if you want to think about the train track metaphor, one end of the track is your, you know, your best customer, your VIP customer who buys all the stuff from you. You know, that those those, those groups of customers that are your ideal customer and will buy anything that you put out. So that's central station. The other end of the tracks is out in the boondock somewhere, right? That's cold traffic who's never heard of you or they're just this, this is their first introduction to you. And then you want to build out that train track with all the stops in between that are going to warm those people up and turn them into customers and then turn them into raving fans. So you want to build or plan out that whole train track first, and then you can put the marketing automation along those multiple points to lead people from the boondocks into Central Station. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, if, you, if you're starting a business tomorrow, you can do that. There's no reason you can't lay out those train tracks first and have that all in place and ready to go before your first customer shows up. If you're an established business who's already running, sometimes they don't even know where the tracks go anymore because they haven't thought about it. And it's a really good idea to sit down and think about where do our ideal customers come from? How did they get here? And how can we automate that process? So there's basically kind of three pillars in my business, which are design, automate, and scale. So the first bit is design on purpose. You want to design what those train tracks look like and what are all the, the steps along the way, the stations along the way that are going to get people to central station. And then you start to automate. And then once that's in place, you can scale it up. Mm, that's a smart way to do it. I like that. That's it, the whole thing. I said that about writing too. It's like, you got to know the ending. It makes, it makes it a lot easier to get started. When you know where you're headed, right? And you're right, man. It, it is an epidemic in this in this industry of people just starting, 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 and getting nowhere. And that's one of the most common frustrations. And the way to, you know, get past that is to find the end goal and make it make it achievable, right? You know, and when you have an end goal, and then you can, it's easy to model people. Also, when you when you do that, you could say, all right, here's somebody who's doing a version of what I'd like to do. Let me just reverse engineer where their money's coming from. You can see their offers. You know, you may not know their exact numbers, but at least you can see the process, yeah? Yeah, and if you, st you, know, if you start from Central Station and build the tracks backward out to the boondocks, they can go in multiple directions, right? Like the spokes of a wheel. Yeah. So you may, you may be getting cold traffic from, you know, LinkedIn. That might be one of the sets of tracks. You might be getting, you know, cold traffic from SEO or your blog posts, and that's another set of tracks. And it actually, it actually, solidifies in your head what your business processes actually look like. If you're stuck in those spot tactics of I'm going to run a Facebook ad now, well, you know, what's the purpose of that Facebook ad? What's the end goal? If you right. start with the end, if you start with the end goal and, and build backwards, it's so much easier to figure out where you need to put those spot tactics, where you need to put those train stations on the line. Yeah. So much easier to figure out that way. Mm. And what about measurement and testing? Is that something you incorporate into your your funnels or is that sort of a separate issue? No, absolutely. You can incorporate that in, in a number of phases. So anywhere, anywhere down the tracks at any station along the way, you can do split testing. So for those, you know, you're going to want to have different opt-in offers for cold traffic who's never heard of you before than someone who's warm traffic who may have opened a few of your emails and listened to a few of your podcasts, for example. Right. They already know you. They already have a relationship with you. So as you know, that copy is going to be very, pretty different to yeah. someone who's never heard of you before. Absolutely. Right. And do most people come to you for one or the other warm or cold traffic or is, is it primarily cold? I mean, that's that's the real thing, right? If you can conquer cold traffic and make it pay, you pretty much write your own ticket. 
Yeah, I think most people, it's easier to start with warm traffic. Most people will have some sort of audience, you know, whether that's 10 people or 100 people or yeah. 1,000 people, whatever it is. And if they can, you know, if you can turn warm traffic into buyers, then, um, you know, that kind of buoys them and gives them success and confidence to, to then go try to turn cold traffic into warm traffic. So I think it's, it's more advantageous to start with that, that pool of warm traffic that you already have and then kind of work back from there. You know, again, working back from Central Station out to the boondocks. Right, right. Cool. Well, let's get to the central question of the show. So you've set up a lot of funnels, obviously done quite a bit of testing yourself. So Barry Moore, what is the one thing that you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? You mean other than big red robots? <laughs> <laughs> it could be that, even though I've already spoiled that one. Yeah, no. I think it's it's the sense of inclusion. Like when I started my business, you know, I did the same thing that everybody does. And I had a Facebook page and was trying to get people to like my Facebook page and be part of my community, et cetera. And that got absolutely nowhere. Nobody was, you know, just nobody, you know. <laughs> but as soon as I started a private Facebook group for people who have taken my training and done my courses, et cetera, as soon as I started a private Facebook group, everybody wanted in. <laughs> right? And that grew very quickly. So it was amazing how little traction I got from a kind of a public page and how much more traction I got so much more quickly from a private community that people wanted to be part of. Mm. So that was a pretty surprising thing for me, that, yeah. that, sense, that sense of inclusion that, that's kind of hardwired into everybody, I think. Yeah, that's great. That's really insightful. Because like you said, it's, we talk about, you know, you know, niching down to a specific audience. And in your case, it was like, kind of obvious who the most engaged people were because they were your customers, but it's easy to overlook the value of having a dialogue with them on an ongoing basis. And I think, you know, when you're in that dialogue, everything else kind of takes care of itself, right? As far as wondering what kind of content to create or what kind of products to create, they're pretty much asking for it all the time. Yeah, exactly right. And there's that historic dialogue there that tells you what people are struggling with. And you go, right, oh, this question got a lot of traffic or this, and you know, this topic and got a lot of comments back and forth. All right, let's create some content around that particular topic because obviously it, it resonates with a lot of people. Right, very cool. And so you also did an interesting thing recently that not enough business owners do. You held a case study and you you know surveyed all your customers or even friends and, and family and maybe even some strangers. <laughs> and you said you worked with Kate Richards and, and you guys created a survey Around everything, your, your branding, what kind of feelings people associate with you and, and your products. I thought that was really cool. And it's something, I don't know, most, a lot of business owners don't do that because, you know, percentage of them just don't want to know the result. <laughs> They're sca <laughs> scared to read the answers. Other people you know, feel like, oh, God, it's working well enough. Let's not uh, stir up the business here. You know, if we know what we can improve, then we have to set about improving it. What was the experience like for you? What what made you do it? And what did you learn from it? Obviously, the 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 goal is very selfish for me, uh, <laughs> is that I'm, I want to scale up my brand this year. I really want to scale it up yeah. to the next level and beyond this year. So I'm putting a lot of effort into that. But I thought, you know, I'll follow my own advice and before we automate, the step before that is scale, right? So, I mean, sorry, before we scale, the steps before that are automate and design. So the very first thing I needed to do was design that brand a little bit. I know what I thought it was. Like, I know what I think my brand is, but I don't necessarily know what everybody else thinks my brand is and what I do and what kind of value I can offer. So, um, yeah, I worked with Kate Richards. She's got a, a new product, which is really cool. It's called a 360 brand review. So 
It goes to customers, kind of friends and acquaintances who may know you but not necessarily be customers. Uh, It goes to a panel of experts that she has. And then it goes to kind of like a panel of strangers as well. So you really kind of, she sends them the website and sends them some of your stuff and ask them to fill out a survey. So you really kind of get a really full picture of what everybody thinks about your brand and your site and what it means and what it represents from all that total spectrum that we talked about, from cold traffic, from people who've never heard of you before to Mm -hmm. those VIP customers who have been using you forever. And it was a really eye-opening experience, really valuable, I think, too. So now that I have that information at hand, I know where to put the design and, and scale into my business now for the year coming up. So what kind of things did you learn that might have you know, shifted how you think about moving forward? Well, a lot of it, thankfully, was kind of reinforcement that there's a clear message on my site and people kind of understand the basics of what I do. You know, like, oh, yeah, this guy does sales funnels. This guy does marketing automation. But what it did reveal is... I know what sales funnels and marketing automation are, and most people in the marketing space have kind of heard of those things, but they don't necessarily know what that actually means, right? When you drill down to it, it's like, yeah, I know what sales funnels is. I know what marketing automation is, but I'm not really sure what that can do for me as a customer or me as a prospect or a lead. Right. So it's telling me that I really need to paint a bigger picture around what the benefits of that particular thing are. You know, I think if and you as a copywriter would know this better than anybody, but I think once you're close to your product and your service for too long, you just assume that everybody knows as much about it as you do. And you really need to build that frame and future pace what those things can do for someone who's maybe heard of it, but doesn't really know the practical application of it. Plus it gave me insights into my brand and and what people thought it represented and, and where the strengths of my brand were, the ones that I can scale up and where the weaknesses of it are that I can maybe either revisit or do away with altogether 80, 20 of them, throw them in the way. Right. Cool. So how do you see that changing what you do going forward? Looking to work more individually with clients? I know you're you're working on a, a, a community you're going to start building even bigger. Yeah. One of the interesting insights from it was, you know, one of the things that people, I'm not trying to blow my own horn here, but one of the things that people liked about the brand was access to me and, mm-hmm. and my ability to explain potentially complicated concepts and break it down into something that, you know, the average business owner can understand and, and turn the light bulb on for people. And that was a real eye opener that most people, that was kind of one of the things they ranked number one or number two. So I thought, all right, well, how do we scale that up? How do we scale me up, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so one of the products and strategies this year is to provide more coaching and more access to me, you know, through a private community, much the way that you do with Copy Chief, you know. So people are struggling with copy, they come in to get access to you and all the other and smart copywriters inside Copy Chief. It'll be a very similar thing for my community. They'll have more access to me and uh, some top automators inside my community. Awesome. That's exciting, man. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun starting a community. I think Shramko said it best when it when it happens. He said it's you know, it's a lot like having a child. It's There's really no other way to describe it. You know, it just feels like, uh, wow, this thing exists now. And I, I made it and now I'm responsible for it. <laughs> you know, it's that it's that joy and, and, and panic that, that happens. I can only equate to fatherhood. Well, hopefully it doesn't turn into a rebellious teenager that the cops roam in the middle of the night. I know, I'm wondering, like, <laughs> yeah, 13 years into this thing, how... how the teenage years of a, of a community. You're going to get a knock on the door from the cops, Mr. Uh, Rogers? Yeah. Do you know what your members are up to? <laughs> exactly right. It's a lot of bail money. Well, cool. Well, Barry, this was fun, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Any parting words of wisdom? Somebody's 
you know, thinking about automation, what's what's the first thing they need to do? Like you said, you know, make sure that you know what people want and then what? I would say get away from the computer, turn off the tech, hmm. get a whiteboard or a big sheet of paper and start drawing your train tracks. So you've got your VIP customers, or even if you don't, if you're just starting out, you know, you've got you've got that customer avatar of what you hope your VIP customers will look like. And then start drawing backwards from there. Start drawing your train tracks that go out to the boondocks back from the result you want. So work backward from the result you want. Sit down, get away from the tech, open up a notebook, get a whiteboard, and then just draw it out and then figure out what do we need to put in place along each one of those stops that'll make this whole thing work. Love it. Excellent. That's a great answer. I think I have the name, the title of this episode now. What's that? How to work backwards. How to work backwards. Yeah, beautiful. Very more. Awesome. Thanks for being with us, man. I uh, look forward to talking more soon and cheering you on this year. And I'm going to go play with my robot. Oh, <laughs> sounds good. I hope that's not a metaphor. <laughs> of course it is. All right. You, well, man. thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it. And I'll see you inside Copy Chief. Okay, brother. See you. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.